Well, good morning, church. As you can tell, Pastor Chad is not here. He is off. This is my once-a-year sit-in, fill-in, uh, help out on his vacation. <clears throat> uh, for those of you who don't know me, uh, my name is Shane Preston. I'm a deacon here at the church, and I'm blessed to, to know that Pastor AJ, Pastor Chad, and our elders um, believe in me enough to get up here and let me, let me bring the word to you. Um, for those of you who do know me, yes, this is Shane. I lost the beard. It's gone, sort of. <laughs> if you don't know me, just look at my brother and you can figure out where it was. So, <laughs> oh, I'm going to tell you, it's, it's so different for me to be out there with y'all. Um, I play up here basically every week. Um, for those of you who don't know, <clears throat> I've been playing for about 25 years. And I have played with a lot of different bands. And during this COVID thing, I have not been able to play. Well, Friday night, I finally broke the streak. I was playing uh, up in McDonough. And um, <laughs> it was just, it was, it was crazy. We have preacher tales. You know, everybody knows what I'm talking about. The first story to kind of bring everything in. Well, when Chad came to me, usually he kind of leaves it open. It's the end of a sermon series, and he's like, all right, just, you can kind of, ha- you know, preach on whatever you want to. You know, so whatever's on your heart, we're in between series, it doesn't matter, you don't need a transition, anything like that. Well, this is the last week of the, ser- uh, of the sermon series, Jesus the Servant King. <clears throat> and this is the first time I've ever had to preach in his series. So I'm like, man, you know, what do I, what is something in my life that I can draw this, you know, connection with? And I'm like, so I was thinking, 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 thinking. Well, Friday night. This is the kind of stuff you can't make up. I get, I get to the uh, restaurant, and it's, it's an old Ford dealership. It's a really cool place. And what they did was they made a barbecue joint out of it. When you walk in, big stage, big production, big lights, there's a Model T, a full Model T hanging over the bar. Really cool place. Well, we're rolling in our gear, we're putting it up on stage, and, and the sound engineer walks up. Walks over, he's got his mask on, and he says, he said, hey, I'm the sound engineer to, uh, tonight. I'm here for y'all. Tell me what you need. Okay. I said, my name's Shane. He said, my name's Jesus. What? I'm like, you got to be kidding. He says, if that makes you uncomfortable, you can call me Jesus. I said, ah, no, your name's Jesus. I said, there was plenty of people named Jesus. And the one I know was a pretty good man. So, uh, but his job and what he has to do is he has to meet our needs on stage his job was to make sure now you got four guys you got a bass player drummer two guitar players singers his job is to mix sound for us individually each of us has our own monitor mix so we're listening to things differently we're spread out and we can't hear what the other guys are doing so his job's like what do you need i need this i don't need this I need this. And if he doesn't meet our needs, 
we can't meet the needs of the person that hired us. <clears throat> now, like I said, this is the last sermon in the series, Jesus the Servant King. So we're going to talk about service today. And we're, for those of you who are always ahead of the game, we're going to be in Mark 7, 31 through 37 today. So if you want to go ahead and turn there. Now, this message, if you were here last week, is not going to be nearly as heavy. Last week, Chad preached on, on Mark 5, uh, 21 through 20, <clears throat> which was about the demon-possessed man. Now, that's not something that we normally have a discussion on. Most churches are not preaching on demon possession and bringing that out and basically saying, you know, demons are real. You know, dark forces are real, and that's a heavy thing. This week is not going to be that way, okay? But I do want to kind of give a background because it's connecting with, with where we're going to be today. Now, Jesus was in the Decapolis, um, as we learned last week, and there was a demon-possessed man that was living amongst the dead, the tombs. And uh, Jesus healed him. Jesus healed him. And, but... When the, demon, when the demons went into the pigs, this area was, you know, that was part of their livelihood. When they all ran off and died, people immediately rejected Jesus. They didn't want to, they're like, look, we, uh, we don't know who you are, and we don't want you here. So him and the disciples left. <clears throat> now, the demon-possessed man wanted to go with Jesus. He wanted to follow Jesus. He wanted to be a disciple of Jesus, and Jesus told him no. He said, no, go back to your home. Go back to your family and tell them what I did for you. So that's what happened. Now, what we're looking at now, uh, they believe it's been about eight months since Jesus had been to the Decapolis. <clears throat> so he has circled back around, him and the disciples. Now, like I said, we're going to be in Mark 7, 31 through 37. <clears throat> now, the bottom line today is Jesus met the need in front of him, and we need to do the same. It's the bottom line. And we're going to see how Jesus does this. All right, I'm going to go ahead, and we're going to read the verses. Then Jesus left the vicinity of Tyre and went through Sidon down to the Sea of Galilee. And into the region of the Decapolis. There some people brought to him a man who was deaf and could hardly talk. And they begged Jesus to place his hand on him. After he took him aside, away from the crowd, Jesus put his fingers into the man's ears. Then he spit and touched the man's tongue. He looked up to heaven and with a deep sigh said to him, Emphatha, which means be opened. At this the man's ears were opened, his tongue was loosened, and he began to speak plainly. Jesus commanded them not to tell anyone, but the more he did so, the more they kept talking about it. People were overwhelmed with amazement. He has done everything well, they said. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. You may ask why this message is important. It's important because as followers of Christ, we need to meet the needs of others in the best way that we can. Christ met the needs of others. And he is the king of kings, the Lord of lords. 
that means we need to. And we can always point to Christ through our acts of service, through meeting the needs of others. <clears throat> so this is, this is the tension that we're going to sit in today. Are we really meeting the needs of others? Are we really meeting the needs of others? Um, we're going to take a look at these verses. We're going to start in 31. Then Jesus left the vicinity of Tyre and went through Sidon, down to the Sea of Galilee, and into the region of the Decapolis. Like I said, this has been about eight months since he's healed the demon-possessed man. Now, this man did exactly what Jesus told him to do. He went back to his, his, his family, and he told everybody what Jesus had done for him. Now the people in this area are ready to receive Jesus. All right, we see something different. The first time they wanted him to leave, he scared them. Now they're ready to receive Jesus. In verse 32, we read, There are some people brought to him a man who was deaf and could hardly talk, and they begged Jesus to place his hand on him. Now, Because they were ready to receive Jesus, they've heard the word that this man can heal. All right, I, don't, I don't believe they understand he was God. Uh, disciples didn't even understand he was God. But they had learned something. You could, they could not deny that that man was absolutely insane. He would break chains. He would cut himself, and he had been completely rejected by society. And now they see him sitting in his right mind. He's reconciled from, with his family, like Jesus told him to go do. And it was undeniable that Jesus had done a work in this man's life. So here they, they've returned. And we see... That these men believed that Jesus could heal the man. Now they realized they didn't have the power to do it. But they believed that Jesus could and would or they wouldn't have brought him to him. This is faith in action. There was a need and they acted on the need. And trusted Jesus with the outcome. There was a need. And they acted on that need. And trusted Jesus with the outcome. Now in Mark 4, 30 through 32, we see the parable of the mustard seed. And Jesus talked a lot about the kingdom of God in his parables. A lot about the kingdom of God. <clears throat> And this is Jesus speaking. He said, again, he said, what shall we say the kingdom of God is like? Or what parable shall we use to describe it? It's like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all seeds on earth. Yet when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants 
with such big branches that the birds can perch in, the, in its shade. We're seeing that mustard seed come to fruition. He's talking about the kingdom of God grows from one seed. From one, one seed was planted. Jesus planted a seed in, in that man, in the demon-possessed man. We're seeing the kingdom of God grow, just like he talked about. Because now people were ready to receive Jesus. They were ready to receive him, and they were ready to pass Jesus on to the next person. <clears throat> These men provided what they could for this man. They provided for the man's needs and trusted Jesus to finish the work. Now, if we jump over to James 2, 14 through 17. James says, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, Go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself is not accompanied by action, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. <clears throat> Excuse me. In verse 33, he says, After he took him aside, away from the crowd, Jesus put his fingers into the man's ears. Then he spit and touched the man's tongue. All right. What we see, we literally see Jesus pull the man away from the crowd. He pulled him out of the crowd. So what Jesus is doing is a personal work with this man. Now, everybody in those areas would have known each other. All right? I mean, we're not talking about 50,000 people in one little area. Um, so everyone would have known that this man was disabled. Everyone would have known what was wrong with this man. This would not have been um, something that he would have had to you know, prove that this man has a problem. Everybody would have known. So he didn't have to prove that the guy couldn't hear, he couldn't speak well. So he's showing that he cares for this man by pulling him aside one-on-one. -on -one. And then personally, he touches him. He touches his ears and his mouth. Now, I want you to think about this. All right, the guy's deaf. So he has not been able to hear the word of Jesus. Nobody has told him who Jesus was. He does not know who Jesus is. He has relied on his friends to bring him to somebody that he doesn't know anything about. Jesus is communicating with him. He does a personal work through a personal touch. He's showing him, this is where I'm directing the work. He didn't need to touch his shoulder because his shoulder wasn't hurt. It wasn't afflicted. There was a direct need. It was ears and tongue for this man. So Jesus is doing a personal work directly there. In 34, he said, it says, He looked up to heaven and with a deep sigh said to him, Emphata, which means be opened. The reason this reason, which we all know that everybody is drawn to Jesus. Everybody has a, a hole in their soul that needs Jesus. But everybody knows it's up. It doesn't matter what religion it is. 
doesn't matter if there is no religion. They still call the heavens the heavens. Here he is telling this man, hey, look, this is coming from above. This is coming from my father. This is coming from God. So he's teaching this man about God and that God is in control of all things. By addressing his father and looking towards the heavens. At this, the man's ears were opened and his tongue was loosened and he began to speak plainly. In 35, now we see the full effect of the personal touch and care of Jesus by the complete restoration of the man's hearing and speech. The complete restoration. It doesn't say that part of it was healed. He said complete, completely and fully restored. Now, I want you all to think about this. Now, this, this comes from my studies. This does not mean that this is actually right, but... A lot of scholars also say this, and like I said, just reading in, in my study, I, I conclude the same thing. I believe that the man at one point could hear. I believe at one time he could communicate. And the reason that I believe this is because it says he could hardly talk. And in some translations, it says he had a speech impediment. That means at some point he could speak. So it wasn't a new sensation for this man. This was a restoration to the new man that he had become. He, he was able to hear at one time. He was able to communicate and had lost that ability. So that, y'all, that's, think about losing the ability to use your hands. Think about how hard that would be. Think about how hard it would be to all of a sudden with our kids not be able to communicate because we couldn't talk or we couldn't hear. It was a very important work that Jesus was doing in this man. He was bringing him, he was making him whole again. So that just, you know, to me that makes it even more impactful to me because it's a complete restoration. Bring him back with his power. Now, I stole this from Pastor Chad, just a heads up. <clears throat> if y'all don't know anything about a new kind of man, that's a, that's a men's ministry thing that he does. Um, he's got podcasts, he's got Instagram, da, 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 I don't know, Facebook. I, I, I can't keep up with all of it. I'm one of those non-tech savvy guys. I got Facebook, I'm the... You know, it's the old book, I guess, is what they call it now because that's what the older people use. <laughs> I guess I'm in that, that area. But in his work, there's four main tenets or pillars that everything is built on. They're physical, spiritual, relational, and intellectual. And Jesus was the perfect example of all of these to us, and we need to resemble Christ if we are followers of him. Now, 1 John three eighteen says, Dear children... Let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. All right, what are some of the needs? I'm not going to try to bring a whole list. All right, I'm going to give you some ideas, and we're going to move on. Physical needs, all right, people with disabilities, very simple. People with lack of resources, poor, widows and orphans, 
your church, single mothers, fathers. Now, spiritual is praying for and praying with one another. We all have spiritual needs. Relational, being a friend to others. Now, I want to start with students. Students, I want you all to pay attention to me. We don't have a whole lot of you in here today, but being a friend to others. That's one of the hard things to do when we're in school. We have our little cliques. We have our little things. That we have all that guy's aggravating. All that girl's aggravating. Or that one, I don't like what, the way they dress, or I don't like how they do this. Be a friend to others. Adults, we have something completely opposite. We isolate ourselves. The older we get, the more we pull away from people. For some odd reason, we do just the opposite. We need to pour into the younger people. We, and it's hard for us to connect. I don't, I don't care. It's been this way since the beginning. The older have to pour into the younger, which is going to cover the second part, the intellectual part. We cannot keep our knowledge from others. We are to pass on what we know. So how does this go with our passage today, and how can we apply this to our lives? All right. Relationally, we're going to look at Jesus being the perfect example. Jesus pulled the man aside from the crowd. He showed compassion for him. This is showing a personal relationship by being with him one-on-one. On one. Now, physically, he, he literally touches the man and heals him, physically. This is showing us that this man had a need, and Jesus took direct care of his need. Now, spiritually, Jesus prayed for the man. He looked up to heaven. Showing this man where the healing was coming from. It was coming from God the Father. Again, the man can't hear. So you've got a picture. He's touching his ears. He's touching his tongue. He's letting him know what's happening. Now, intellectually, he is passing on the knowledge of the Father. God is almighty. My God is the God. You can trust my God because he can do this. Because we've got to keep in mind, too, that this, this area was not necessarily full of, of Jews. So they would have been, quote-unquote, familiar with, with the Jewish G, uh, Messiah, I mean, the God, the Father. But it doesn't necessarily mean they believed. Now, we have to actively look for the needs around us and actively address them. Actively look and actively address. The men brought their friend, that brought their friend to Jesus, they were active. They had to take a step. 
It could not stand around and go, man, I think he needs to go see Jesus. They couldn't. He didn't know who Jesus was. He couldn't hear. He couldn't talk. He couldn't communicate. They had to actively take a part in it. Now, they couldn't physically heal the man, and they knew this. But they, they believed that Jesus could do the work. If we live by the Holy Spirit, we will be active in our pursuit of service. Jesus met the need in front of him. We need to do the same. So how can we as people changed by the power of God do this? It's pretty simple. We must look for the physical, spiritual, relational, and intellectual opportunities that are in front of us. And I promise you, if we keep our eyes open, there's plenty of them. I'm going to give you these three questions, and this will make things easier. Actually, it's going to make it real broad. Who is hurting? Who is hungry? And who is helpless? Hurting, of course, can be physical. It can be emotional. It can be relational. Who's hurting? Who is hungry? Now, that is physical, but don't think that that's not relational. Don't think that's not spiritual. Don't think that's not intellectual. How many of us have friends that maybe are struggling right now? Maybe have just gone through a recent divorce. Uh, maybe are struggling just in their, in their general relationship. Maybe have an alcohol problem, struggling at work. There's all kind of things. They may be hungry. If they're asking you questions, they're hungry. Not just for physical food, but for the spiritual food that Jesus provides. Who is helpless? Again, there's so many variations of this, and I'm not going to try to get into all of them. Just ask these questions. Who is hurting? Who is hungry? Who is helpless? 1 Peter 4.8 says, Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers a multitude of sins. The reason this verse is important is because too many of us feel like we're not good enough to help others. Too many of us feel like we're not good enough to present the gospel to our friends, to our family. The gospel is Jesus. It's that simple. And if we love each other deeply... Love covers a multitude of sins. We don't have to be perfect to present the gospel to others. We don't. The gospel is needed by all. And we don't have the power to save, but we can always point people to Jesus. The gospel is simple. It's Jesus. We work for the kingdom of God. And Jesus does the work. It is impossible to serve God without serving one another. It's impossible. In the final verses of our passage, Jesus commanded them not to tell anyone, but the more he did so, the more they kept talking about it. People were overwhelmed with amazement. He has done everything well, they said. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. Overwhelmed with amazement. They said, he does everything well. How true is that? 
When Jesus does a work in our life or in someone else's life and we see it, we can't help but tell others. We can't help it. We see this from people that were not believers. The only thing they believed is that Jesus was strong enough to heal. He, was, he had a power. That's the only thing they knew. He was not their Messiah yet. When you know Jesus, you can confirm that he does do everything well. Now, when we're with Jesus and we act like Jesus and we do what Jesus did, we will be the light on the hill. In that, we will grow as disciples of Jesus and our faith grows. And if you're still not sure what to do, ask someone. If you're not sure what to do, it's okay. Ask someone. Ask, ask somebody here at the church. There are all kinds of areas of service that needs need to be met. We'll be glad to help you find areas to serve. When in doubt, the easiest place to, to start is in your church. I normally am up here playing somewhere. Whether it be guitar, bass, right now, currently I'm playing drums. And I'm a bass player. I feel very inadequate on, both other, on these other instruments because I play with guys that are fantastic on their instruments. So when I play drums, I feel very inadequate. When I play guitar, I feel, but you know what? The Lord does a work in me. And when you, when you serve in the church, though, I'll tell you this, too. You're going to find things that you're good at, find things that drive you to want to serve more. When you serve here, you will start to serve outside the church. I've never seen anybody that only served in the church that had a heart for Jesus. They eventually moved outside these walls. They had to. Now, I found this quote. I don't know who wrote it, but I thought it was killer. A person's most beautiful asset is not a head full of knowledge, but a heart full of love, an ear to listen, and a hand willing to help others. I mean, isn't that so true? In John 13, 34 through 35, we hear Jesus say, A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Now, as we wind down the, the service today, found this, when in doubt, you can always find a quote from Martin Luther King. <laughs> you just can. And because we're talking about serving one another, we're talking about meeting needs immediately right in front of us. He had a quote that said, Love is the most durable power in the world. Can't go wrong with, with MLK. Now, this week, I challenge you to find one person and meet one need. One person, one need. That's it. 
And I know you hear this quite often, but I, if you do that, let us know. Go to DublinBibleChurch.com, click on the tabs to the prayer request. I'm not real sure exactly how to do all that. But click on it and let us know. We want to celebrate these things with you. That's why we're here. We want to celebrate these steps. That's growth. That is awesome. Now, if you have a prayer need, we want to pray for you too. So it's going to be the same steps. DublinBibleChurch.com. Go to prayer. Church, just remember that Jesus met the need in front of him. He did it right then. Let's do the same in the name of Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Um, you. You meet every one of our needs. You give us grace and mercy. And Lord, we thank you for that. Lord, I lift up uh, the men and women that are here for this, this service. Lord, this, that you would continue to do a work in their life. And Lord, that they would continue to follow you by taking that next step and just jump into to acts of service and meeting needs of others. Lord, the, the Spirit is so strong and, and he didn't, you didn't put him in us to be fearful and to not take steps in faith. You put a, a spirit of strength and power in us. And Lord, we thank you for that. Lord, uh, as we leave today, I just pray that you would bless all of us. Lord, that you would watch over us as we go and do whatever we're going to do today. Lord, again, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name I pray.